That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. All right. All right. All I right. think we, we got it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of my fancy little podcast. I'm excited today because I get to talk to my sister, Sarah Hamill, who is a, a writer and Jenga enthusiast. I actually don't know if that's true, but I'm going to go with it. And then Marion Kavanaugh, who is a fancy pants, or she's going for her Master of Public Health at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. And before that, she was uh, in the military for a number of years. And the common thread between these two folks, which is why I'm excited to talk about um, what they're here to talk about is that they were part of a study about 25 years ago in the, in the fun, the fun nineties when Polly Shore ruled, uh, <laughs> but they were in a study together to, and maybe if you could just tell me, uh, make sure I get it right. Uh, you're in a study and like, can you kind of paraphrase or like kind of distill down what exactly the study was intended to do? It was an army study, uh, and its aim was to determine if women could get strong enough to perform the military's toughest jobs. Gotcha. That's basically how I would have said it, but I want to make sure I got it right. The thing that I find interesting about that, or the serendipity of that you're on the podcast now, is that we're talking about this earlier in the pre-interview, is that um, you know most of the folks who come on, on my podcast, the focus ends up being talking about how they went from one thing to another, or how they had a belief that they weren't sure that they could achieve and then they went and achieved it and then what ends up happening is we try our best to provide best practices so that that who's ever listening can learn and grow themselves and that you know that we can learn from each other so from your perspective and i guess i'll start with marion um i have a bunch of questions but let's start with this can you give me a little bit about your background like um how you discovered the the study like where you were in your life at that time and how you've progressed since then sure 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 so uh I joined the military right out of high school. I wanted to join the Peace Corps, but at that time you needed a degree and I was really sick of school. So I went into the military instead. Um, and when I was being trained, I was being trained as a medic. Uh, we had recruiters come um, right before we graduated and said, hey, instead of going to your first duty station, uh, why don't you come here and become a test subject for the military? Um, they were recruiting test subjects for Natick Labs uh, in Massachusetts, Natick, Massachusetts. And a bunch of my friends and I were recruited. And uh, instead of going to our first duty stations, I think I was supposed to go to Germany. I'm not really sure. I don't even remember. Uh, but instead, I went to Natick. Um, so I think I was there with like 10 to 15 friends. And our primary mission there was to, like I said, be test subjects for the Army. Natick uh, made and developed everything for the military except weapons and vehicles at that time. So um, really our job was um, to sign up for different tests, people that were doing different things, and then we'd go and be test subjects. So um, okay. this was just one of one of the programs that I did. Um, I did other things where they have uh, climate chambers. So maybe I'd go and do something in a climate chamber. They had an altitude chamber that I had friends that went and lived in um, oh for days or weeks. Yeah, that was really cool. That sounds like a Polly Shore movie, like the like the, was. the Eco Dome or whatever. Shore. You know yeah. what's that? I, I've just used the serendipity, so I didn't mean to interrupt, but I wanted to, I want to stop you just to, to kind of refocus yeah. or 
least ask this question is that was you know joining the military like uh, a challenge or like did you was it something that you knew you had to do or that was a challenge for you and then secondly once you're in the military was um kind of doing the study a hard pivot to make or was it like a natural tra uh, progression um i don't think i ever would have i don't i don't remember thinking about the military really i was just kind of at a point in my high school career where i was like i'm sick of school i don't want to go to college i didn't know what else i wanted to do and i had this um this recruiter that just sort of pushed things along without me having to do anything and in the end it kind of became the easiest option um and and that was kind of there was no like magical inspiration or anything like that you know it's it's funny you talked about the poly shore moment what was um well, it comes back to poly shore uh, what, what there was a this actor and i can't remember his name uh casey affleck i think that's who it was he did a thing where he went into the climatic chambers oh, at natick ben affleck yes yes ben affleck uh went into the climatic chambers i, I think he was doing some tv show or something um I don't know what, but that's kind of like one of the claim to fame. Yeah, so there was no like big impetus and I was never like, oh yeah, I want to join the army and this is what I've wanted to do all my life. Um, I forget the second question. Way, is that, is that, it's not, it's not gonna be all that shocking to tell people that he did that, is it? No, no, he did it for Voyage of the Mimi. Okay, gotcha, all right, which was, uh, if you grew up in, if you grew up yeah. in England, you know that from the science. So yeah, so the, so again, the, here's my perspective like maybe it's you know it's a testament to sarah and my my sisters and whatnot but you know it wouldn't be i wouldn't need a test personally to think that women could you know be in the army and, and be in combat so like i understand the need to kind of prove something out if you don't have data to show it in the first place and it's a clinical thing or whatever so i understand it but i guess my my thought is is that like when you were going in, did analysis of, of both of you, did you have doubts? Like, did, did they tell you like these are the things you're going to be doing? Did you have doubts about, you know, your ability to like rise to the occasion, or did you kind of feel like it was something you could handle from the get go? I don't think I did. I I didn't have any doubts, but I don't think I was focused on the, the end state. I was just, you know, it was part of my job, and you just signed up for all these different different things you could be the test subject for, and it was just another one. I wasn't really thinking about, oh, can women do this and whatever. I knew I could do whatever yeah. I needed to do. It wasn't really a, a thought. And I wasn't really thinking about, you know, women in the military as a whole and some groundbreaking thing. Yeah. And Sarah, what about you? Um, I uh, definitely had doubts for sure, uh, especially being a civilian uh, walking into uh an army base. That was quite a sort of Private Benjamin moment. Um, no, what you and I have both seen, Jed, um, in our life are the women who are uh, incredibly strong, dedicated, and athletic. And we know that they can do amazing things. So whether or not I was going to be the top of the food chain in terms of how well I performed, I knew that there were women who could do pretty much anything. Gotcha. Um, there, there's always one woman who can do what is needed. That, that much I found out in my research. Doesn't mean a lot of them can. So when I um, signed up for that, I definitely had doubts, um, but I thought that with the proper training, I'd be in really, really good hands. And, you know, back to your point about we always thought women could do it. Um, you know, this is what the head scientist used to say too, Everett Harmon, uh, he designed and ran the study. He always knew too. So what he had to really do was show that we could do it in an efficient amount of time because 
one of the big arguments against trying to train women up to do the same job your average man can do is they would say, well, we don't have time to like put women through a fitness camp. We don't have time money to send women away to some, you know, training program for eight hours a day. So this guy was like, okay, give me an hour and a half a day. Give me a lunch hour, you know, and I'll give you a program that's so efficient that when these women come out of it, they can lift what they need to lift and carry what they need to carry um, and all of that. So um, I knew women could do it. Could I do it? I wasn't sure. <laughs> So. Were you married? Did, did, did Sarah seem suspect to you, or, or did, did you did you see her right away that she could do she it? Out. She took one look at me and thought, mm -mm. "No, you know I, what I remember is thinking, oh, all these older, more mature women that are that know what they're doing. They're they're you know they're so sure of themselves, and and now I think, oh God, older. I was twenty, and they were probably twenty two. So yeah, there's a thing that happens. I it's like there's a compression where like if you're in your 20s and you meet someone in your 30s, uh, someone in their 30s might as well be 100, right? Like absolutely, like, yeah. But I was teasing. I I know. I I just always just trying to stir some stuff stuff, stuff up because and I, and I guess that's the reason why I was asking is just wondering was there competition among the the team or was it like you know everyone had each other's back and that, I mean, it was good competition. Like did you guys push each other and did you like were there occasions were there occasions where you remember like you know, I was, wasn't going to think I could do it. And someone was cheering me on and, you know, things like that. Always cheering each other on, always totally positive, always feeling like we, you know, we had each other's back no matter what, um, you know, not just for lifting more, or running faster, but life, everything. Gotcha. And so, yeah. and then also at the time, you know, uh, so here's the thing I've asked like so in order to cheer people on there'd have to be some meaning to the things that you're doing meaning like you want you want them to do well uh because you understand the you know the importance of the moment so I guess that's the question is like at the time did you have any perspective as to what it would mean to you know what the results would mean to the universe or if whatever effect it had on you later in your own personal lives and this is to Sarah or to Marion yeah, I'll take this one to start because again, for Marion, it was an interesting one because again, it was her job. So, you know, the army didn't send her in and say, Marion, you know, succeed at this and prove something. They sent her in and said, do your job. And that's what she did, I think, right early on. I mean, that's what she had said earlier. She wasn't like looking at a grand scheme, whereas I went in with a grand scheme in mind. Um, and I think what you're saying, Judd, is spot on in that uh, the greater... Um, sort of view of what we were doing was always this distant idea like we have to prove something but what, what we found is that when you do these kinds of things that are really really intense that someone's asking of you whatever it may be you really are back in the moment you you just can't like when you're trying to lift 180 pound box to 60 inches when you weigh 140 pounds that wasn't me other people um you know, you are in that moment with that box. And then if you have your women around you uh, shouting for you to succeed, they're just thinking, get that box up, girl, because you can do it. Um, so I think what got us onto that base was the bigger picture, but what got us through every daily task was just being in the moment and putting one foot in front of the other. Because when I was carrying that 75 pound backpack through the woods, I just had nothing to think about except, ow, my blisters hurt, and I have got to finish this, and I have to, and I want to finish really well, and I wanted to prove something, but it was much more about just getting through it on the day. That was how it was for me. Gotcha. Marion, any, any, yeah, anything? Yeah, I think it, that? for me, it was, you know, I get to see my friends every day, and I get to work out, and those were the two big things 
in my life at that time. You, you know, it was my my little group of uh, girlfriends and we were managed by Eric and I loved working out at that time. And I got to work out for, you know, hour and a half, two hours a day um, on top of what I was already doing. And so it was just the best time of my day. Awesome. Yeah. So fun. Yeah. That's awesome. So I was, I was just, I have three questions that are kind of off the trail of what I was going to ask, but I just, first off, like, I imagine, like, was it really during your, uh, your lunch breaks? Cause I imagine that if it's just for an hour and a half, like you would have this, you know, this kind of impactful moment in your day. And then it's like back to making the donuts kind of thing. Like, or did you have like highs and lows or like, did you have like this other world that you lived in or, you know, like you're in the matrix and then you're not in the matrix kind of thing? For me, it was, it was literally my job. So I don't even, I think I had some, something where I, I worked for one of the doctors. Uh, actually, I think he was a, no, he was a doctor. Uh, I worked for a doctor in the morning after our morning PT and breakfast and showering and all that. Um, and then I would go to lunch and then I would go work out with the girls. And then I was off for the rest of the day. But um, you, that was considered recovery time. Gotcha. No, wow. the, reason, the reason I'm asking is that, like, just real quick, Sarah, sorry. I just want to, I want to, I didn't ask the question the way I wanted to, I want to make sure I'm clear. Is that, is that, you know, I would imagine that whatever you do before and after that period of time, did it have as much meaning as that period of time in your day? And if so, is there, was there like a, you know, a, a spike in your, I don't know, it's just like, I, I, it'd be, to me, it'd be like, yeah, so I was, you know, I spent my day like, you know, taking customer support calls. And then for my one hour during the day, you know, I worked on building the space shuttle. Like I, there's a, there's a well, discrepancy. I yeah. I think that's what she's saying was basically for her, it was literally like her job. It's like, she took a customer call and then she went to the customer's house and did this. Like, I, like your question, Jed, I think you have again, spot on is for me, it was the matrix for me. It was an art one minute. I'm a, a newspaper, you know, journalist, young adult. And the next minute I'm on a flipping army base with no, as you know, we have no military in our family. We've never, I've never been to a base in my life. And I, and then I would go there with these women and do this. And with my, my soldier friend, my new soldier friend and my, the rest of my civilian friends and my trainer and just go absolutely. Um, can we say balls to the wall? This is, this is great. So every, this is so clear that nobody listens to this podcast because everybody swears in it. And they always ask, can I swear? <laughs> Every single one. There's not a single one where someone hasn't sworn. Can I swear? But yes, you can say whatever you want as long as it's not offensive. On the ball court. I don't know. So yeah. balls to the wall. And then I would go back to my life and no one would understand what was going on. Like no one got what we were going through um, for the civilians. And so that's why the civilians, we just kept getting closer and closer and closer because no one, you know, a friend of ours was married who doesn't want to be named, but she, you know, her relationship got weird because he was like why are you so obsessed with this and she's like because it's so big and like it's so intense so in the hour and a half like you said jed um you had to pack so much in and that again that was the point there was not a lot of time for you know we got, we tend to get it our chitter chatter done sort of before and after i thought mary and i don't know Jabber, uh, mr t Jabber. Jabber. You know, Mary was literally like, that was her job. Like that was, so it was, you know, it's definitely less, I think, dramatic for her, but I think yeah. us civilians definitely um, opened her eyes a little bit in terms of like, she's like, oh, I'm, I'm living in the army and all of a sudden I'm with these civilians at lunch. I don't know, maybe not. Um, what about, uh, not if, oh, sorry, Sarah, go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead. I was saying, like, can you imagine if during that time social media existed? That would have been 
that would have been unbelievable. I mean, that would have been crazy because you know, Jed, you know this, and I'll let you ask the question later if you're going to, um, how controversial it was before we even started. It almost got shut down. Yeah. People were clamoring. We had Dateline, we had the Today Show, we had CB, you know, we had all of them trying to get access. So if there had been social media, you know, Mary and I would have been Instagramming and being like, I don't know. I mean, or I just, or even that, like, yeah, there'd be commenting. Like, that's the thing. It's like, uh, there's that, I don't remember, it was an animated movie, but like the comment was like, the thing was, don't ever read the comments. Like, and I, and I just look at, I just see how, you know, again, not to go on about social media, but it just, it, it tends to, it's not even that it brings out the worst in people is that it like it doesn't bring out the best but like so the thing yeah. that i was that's sort of the the, um, the 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 way that my privilege uh comes out a lot is i try very hard to be see that world through other people's eyes but like i just again like i just like i mean i'm sure you can be in the army like why not <laughs> like what are we talking about here right like and it, and i think that's kind of the the thing that the the, the that's that's really what i'm really asking is that not just are you aware of like what it meant to you or what it meant to like the you know to succeed but did you at the time were you really clear on how much kind of like attention politically and media wise was on it at the time or is that something you learned later we were aware I, because I had I had no idea yeah oh, right. I feel like I was I was living in like a little bubble I had no idea um you know i went to my little job every day worked out with my girlfriends and that was it i had i didn't know how big the program was um what it meant what was going on in the media what was being written nothing and so what did it what did it do like not to not to put a super fine point on and put anyone in on the spot but how much of a difference did it make um well i spent a long time uh researching that for the book um and what I don't want to give away a spoiler, um, but I think what I learned was there were times when I wondered, and I know some other test subjects wondered, like, did our data, because um, we succeeded quite handily, um, not surprisingly, and did our data, you know, did someone pick it up and say, wait a minute, now let's open all doors for women, you know, no, that did not happen. Um, but what we did do is we sort of worked our way into the DNA of the army, you know, we're in their bank of research, and the as as this is kind of again without spoilers but um the one of the army scientists who'd been a woman who had been working on women's capabilities and uh yeah, her job <laughs> was um a lot to help create the fitness tests for the army and to to turn them into gender norm uh, not sorry gender neutral testing which has been an ongoing thing in the military um and she worked on our study a little bit and then she worked on things in the decades in between and then she worked on the most important one of the most important gender neutral physical tests the army ever had and she talked me through how our study was used to do that hmm. so that is part of, of what happened. And there are other ways as well that our study had impacts. Um, but ultimately when policy changed in 2013 through 2016 um, to allow women into combat roles, it was, a, it was a confluence of many things and a lot of it was political and not really based on science. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, so I'm gonna try to shift gears. Uh, well, 
yeah, I'll shift gears because this is the questions on my mind. Like I, did you guys ever have like a, like a an eighties montage moment where like you're listening to taking care of business or something and like they'd have to fix the boat to, to, to race the, make sure their house doesn't get sold at the end of the summer or things like that. I'm teasing a little bit, but did you have those, those moments where you knew that you were kind of all on the same team trying to achieve this thing and that like you could kind of be outside yourself and see that like this is one of those moments that I'm going to remember forever or was it that that there was I don't know I guess if I was part of that I would think that there was a that there was a time there'd be moments where I don't know just realize that like I'm here I am with these these women who I'm not going to maybe not see for a while but this is like it's one of those moments that I remember and I guess I'm wondering if you if you felt that way sometimes in writing my new book the strong ones I tried to pick out that exact those exact moments and I tracked down all the um, scientists and trainers and uh, as many women as I could find and who would talk to me and I tried to pick out those moments and uh, you know write about them in the strong ones and the answer is yeah there were definitely some moments um, that people have reported remembering remember it's a long time ago but for example let's say that we had the final uh, tests coming up there were three testing periods uh, the first day you stepped on the base you were tested having not worked out at all uh, halfway through you were tested again and then the final tests were what they counted for our data so when you come up to the final testing and you got to carry that 25 uh sorry 75 pound backpack through the native woods um, over rugged terrain rocks roots hills meadow a meadow um you know building up to that we do five mile backpack hikes that would be our training and we would we would talk as much as we could to get through it um i think a lot of a lot of those hikes were not run, we weren't running a lot were we marion on those five milers we were it was more fast walking or yeah they kind of they kind of made it so that we would all pace at the same time so maybe one person would carry 75 pounds and one person that was you know a little not as strong yet um would maybe only carry 10 pounds or not even a, a backpack um exactly. but we kind of we all we were able to stay together on those and those could have been right. moments where you the 80s music and you're like we're going to do this we're in it together we're not competing we are going to pound out these five miles no matter how much it hurts um together and then that would lead up to us kicking butt during the final test itself which is when our data counted and which lives on to this day so That's i it. think so we would listen to music they brought in music fairly early on um i think some people demanded it so we put on you know 94 4.5 the zoo or one of those type things and <laughs> sure rock it. yeah yeah no i i mean i just that's the thing i was teasing a little bit about the 80s montage but you know it's like the point of that those moments are is, is like there's like a common goal this group of people are coming together and they finally over achieve their goal and you know you as a viewer of films you almost always remember those moments and not so much the film itself so that's what I, and then so the, the extension of that is you know for Marion in particular who this is sort of like a like a line in it you know maybe not even a line in her biography in terms of like how many different things she's done or you've done in your life I guess the question is is like have the things that you learned or achieved or experienced in that time did that carry over into other areas of your life like in the past 25 years you're like oh yeah like thanks to this you know thanks to the study i achieved this or i have this experience or i have this belief anything like that for either of you yeah i mean well, i can i can go just because i'll for, i'll forget the uh, question in a second so um 
I, my career ended up kind of, it kept circling back around almost to things very much like the study um, that I didn't expect and they didn't seem to be connected. But looking back now at my entire military career, I'm kind of like, hmm, everything kept coming back around. So um, I was often the only woman where I was stationed. I was often um, the first woman doing something, either a, a course or a program or something like that. And um, wow. one of my one of my last uh, jobs in the military was as a program manager for uh, when everything opened up for women going and working with uh, special forces and rangers. Uh, you know, in that side of the world. So that was kind of interesting to see how things changed as far as women in the military. And I got to be a part of that, even though at that time I was, you know, on the a little, a little long in the tooth uh, to be actually doing it um, and past, past the point of wanting to do it. Um, but I got to see women, you know, take the next step, I guess, in the military in, in different ways. Um, and then I ended up, uh, I was a medic, um, and then I went into civil affairs, uh, which is a job in which women run the front line sort of before other jobs in the military. So I just, I, I didn't expect it. I didn't feel like some, you know, someone that was pushing the women's agenda in the military or anything like that, but just because of circumstances I had, I ended up in several jobs and things where um, that kind of was the purpose or, you know, the circumstances kind of just lined up that way. Gotcha. The thing again, that I tend to lean towards personally, but that this podcast has become about is again, taking leaps, right? Doing things that you aren't sure about and, you know, whether you're blazing a trail or just starting something new, it's always interesting to others to learn how, what worked and what didn't work for you so that they can not make the same mistake or, you know, learn the best practices. So I guess my thing is when you knew that you wanted to, you know, pivot away from working in the military to your, your, you know, your current, um, you know, I guess it's your, what's it, studying role or what do we call it? Your current matriculation? <laughs> I don't know what, what, sure, is, what like is the, oh, I like that word, matriculation. Okay, so current matriculation, you're going to school, like, you know, from a, from a mindset standpoint, how hard was it to make that shift? And since you've done it, has it been like, you know, not to, not to quote a Disney movie, but was it like a whole new world or was it an easy transition? You know, my, my transition has not actually been that hard. Um, I really enjoyed my military a time. A lot of what I did was sort of public health related. Um, and that's the part of the military that I especially loved. Um, helping people, um, helping larger groups of people, uh, and, you know, health. So bringing all that together, I knew I wanted to study public health after I got out and finished my degree. Um, I initially hated school. And like I said, that's why I went into the military. But after I got out and I finished my degree, I actually was at the point where I was loving school. So um, I went for my master's, which I never would have um, guessed I'd be doing 25 years ago. Um, and I'm liking it. Um, so it hasn't, it hasn't been 
a lot of people have a hard time transitioning with the military and i haven't really found that um i've been actually happier since i've been out so it's been a good shift for me gotcha and so when it comes to sarah were you aware that sarah a was writing books in general and b was writing something about this or did she just sort of appear on your radar out of the blue like oh by the way i wrote a giant book about us or how did that uh, kind of transpire i think did, did you call me up or you emailed me or you it took me a while to track you down actually because i didn't find you on facebook at first so jed what i did is uh i i before writing the book i tried to track everyone down so i was asking them to be in the book because it was you know not just my story of so many people's story so it was it took me a little while to find her and then she her, she popped up on facebook and said i'm here i'm here let's get together let's talk did she use that exact voice <laughs> no I'm kidding, I'm kidding no i'm yes. teasing yes Hello, hello. Uh, awesome. I love that. There are there are a number of things that you know that you go through in your life, good and bad, that affect you that you don't realize as much until later that that, that it affected you. So I guess I know, and Marion covered this a little bit, but Sarah, have you always had this on your mind to do this book, or was there like a eureka moment where you it was time for you to write it, or like from your perspective? Well, it, was a, it was a eureka moment on on speed. It was like. I was sitting, um, I was at a bookstore doing a book signing for my first book, a mystery called The Underdogs. And I'm sitting there and I'm already nervous because I, I get nervous talking in front of people anyway. And um, all of a sudden I look up and there at the book signing, out of nowhere, is Everett Harmon, the, the scientist who designed and got the funding for and spearheaded and, and did this incredible study. And I looked up and I hadn't seen him in 25 years. And I, as you can imagine, Jed, I practically lost it. I was like, oh my. So. We had a moment and then I just immediately, I had been reading, keeping up about uh, progress of women in the military, obviously. And I knew that that they had just been, um, all jobs had just been opened up to qualified women. And so I asked the scientists, it was a perfect, I said, wait a minute, this has happened. Did we have any effect on it? Like, was this because of us? <laughs> and he's like, well, I've heard some good positive things. He's like, but I'm not sure. And then I immediately put my um, investigative journalist hat on. I've done, that's been a lot of my career. And off I went trying to find out and trace uh, what effect we might've had, if any. Uh, that was my eureka moment. And from there, I just plowed on and tried to track down as many people as I could and beg them to speak to me. Wasn't that hard? Marion was like, what was the voice? Yes, yes, of course. <laughs> So since the study, uh, you've grown from, you know, being a, a fledgling journalist uh, to, you know, working at People and working as a, a freelance writer and working as a novelist. And so you've had this this long career. And I'm just curious if, if you know, the experiences at the study, did that inform you along your journey uh, kind of in a meaningful way or did it just sort of like you said, pop up in that eureka moment when you uh, when you were at the book signing. It helped my career. I mean, it led to doing the study, led to winning um, a few journalism awards. Um, winning those awards led to um, an editor asking me to contribute to a feminist anthology, which was a, a published book um, in 1999, um, and it just made me realize that I could cover. I mean, I knew I could cover big issues and do it well, but it makes you just feel like other people realize that you can cover big issues and do it well. And it was just something that I liked doing. Um, so it just led to jobs at news magazines and um, it uh, it just, and also just kept up my interest in like 
weightlift, not weight, not, not competitive weightlifting, but how important it is to keep that strength training up as opposed to just like jogging along or, or, um, you know, riding the bike. Like I just did that also helped keep me strong physically as well. Gotcha. Um, yeah, awesome. so definitely, I think gave me confidence to launch into a career and, you know, succeed as much as I could. That's awesome. And so, did when you when you all were when you were well, let's put it this way, when, when Sarah, when you were researching the book and reconnecting with everybody, was it as if like you had never left, or was it, or was it like, oh yeah, who are you again? Like I know you mentioned the the you know you and Marion, but just in general, was it was it like you know oh yeah of course like it was or crazy was it, more, yeah. it was crazy it was like nothing it was like we started laughing each one of us the minute we got on the phone did you feel that Marion or was it just me that we just were like that well I haven't talked to anyone else um but you but you I mean could have been yesterday I saw you last week no yeah, time has passed you sound exactly the same. You know, we missed huge chunks of each other's lives, but could have been yesterday. Just ch yeah. cut out 25 years and yeah. And we, I don't know if you remember, we had our first phone call when we finally hooked up uh, by phone, it was three hours on yeah. FaceTime. Three hours wow. of just blah, blah, blah. We were like, it was just, you know, and I find it awkward to talk to people like 90% of the time. So that was even more cool. But um, every single woman I spoke to, even the ones I hadn't known that well, during the study, um, particularly Denise from D Group, I don't know if you saw her in the article, Marianne or Jed, but she she was a, a laugh riot, and she and I barely connected much during the study because we were in different uh, workout groups. Mm -hmm. But she and I spoke like we had known each other. It was we just got on the phone, and we're just like off we went because nobody knows what this exact experience was like except us. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, I had a 100% positive reunion rate with people you know yes, uh, or P a prr as we say in the business positive <laughs> reunion rate percentage. Yeah. i don't know i don't know PRR. yeah you know yeah. it's like, like time time hasn't passed you know you're still cutting your own hair it's 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 like nothing <laughs> i'm so sad I, just, I haven't seen it on zoom <laughs> no i know i know but then on the other hand like the serious question is like well what was that like the environmental day-to-day -day experience like I mean, day to day, it was like the world's most fun gym and the most, the least judgmental gym. Is that an exaggeration, Marion? No, absolutely not. Not just the we, women. We that, had that... State, of the, state of the art equipment. We had the first one of, I think, if not the first um, revolving climbing walls. I don't know if you remember that. No. Yeah. Wow. Some, somebody, was somebody was connected to somebody and that had just been like invented. And so we got one of the first ones and that was like awesome. We had the best gym equipment. I climbed up that? Yeah. That is not in the book. I did not remember that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it it was that's so breaking cool. news. Yeah. So the trainers, um, they were all very serious, um, but they were also our biggest advocates and, and they became close friends and it was like the world's most fun and non-judgmental gym you could go to. And then the only time they got out their clipboards and their serious, serious, you know, science face was during testing. It was approximately two weeks uh, for each testing period. So there, as I said before, there were three of them, beginning, middle and end. And at that point, there was not a lot of joking around. At that point, it was just like we were all there to do a job. We'd committed to be volunteers and we took it seriously and they were 
you know, they had a job to do and they were very serious about it. And, um, but we were all in that together. But as for the workouts, you know, especially for um, our trainer, Eric, you know, he had said, he, he knows that he made a point of trying to, you know, keep the environment, uh, not fun, that's a, the wrong word, but try to keep it positive so that your test subjects can thrive. We, you know, at the end of the day, we, we were their test subjects and, and everyone would do better um, if everyone was happy and confident and treated well and all of that. So will you guys be having like a, a fancy reunion, like doing like a, I just picture you all having like a human pyramid at like some like, you know, Poconos Lodge somewhere. No? We have a human pyramid photo. Do you not know? Did you know that? I have a photo. No, of a I just feel like that's a very 80s or 90s <laughs> thing to do. I have um, no idea about that. I was thinking that's what he was referencing. Yeah. No, no. I just like the idea of human pyramid. Uh, but no, I'm just wondering, are you are you going to get a oh, look at that? I am. This were not an audio. Pod. Oh, my gosh. That is fully a human pyramid out of all the pyramids. Yourself? Yes, I do. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah, just, we're just on the same wavelength, I guess. I'm in an 80s, 90s mood. Yeah. But no, I guess the honest question is, are you, are there any plans for you to have a reunion in person, the whole team, or just... That's how it started. I was trying to, when I did the book, I said, can you talk to me for my book? And also, can you come to a reunion? Everyone was on board. And then this um, pandemic situation. Pandemic, right. Yeah. So we're hoping for a safe post-vaccination uh, reunion at some point. And I still need to find more women. So if you're out there, ladies, please contact me. I There's a few I haven't found. And we'd really love to see you and hear from you. Gotcha. And so uh, I'm going to ask you about the book, like where to get it, how to get it, um, and all that kind of thing. But before I go on and on, is there anything that either of you two would like to talk about that I haven't asked about? I'm good. Marion? I can't think of anything. No recipes, dance moves, human pyramid advice, nothing? Okay. It yeah. was so fun. It was such a, the whole, the, you know, the project, the, the study was such a, a fun, a fun time. I can, you know, if I compartmentalize just that little part of my life, it was such a, a good fun time, such good friends, laughing all the time but also crying with each other and just totally being supportive and yeah. But yeah, Sarah, so for you, like obviously looking, you know, you said it affected you in a lot of ways, but looking back, do you, can you kind of sum up your, not the book, but your experience being part of the program, being part of the study? Yeah, it was, it was like nothing I ever did before or did ever did again. And it was the most challenging, most, special most fun most just unique thing that i've ever done and ever will do and just the women um the bonds you know that's what every single person i spoke to said just the, the bonds just taught us a lot about how important it is to have support around you and be supportive and how awesome women are and how much can be accomplished when you all are surrounding each other and supporting each other it's kind of amazing to see and it sounds obvious but you know we i haven't found anything quite that amazing since have you Marian? well maybe you have actually working with cst but this was its own thing you know this was definitely that's awesome so then yeah so sarah tell me a little bit about um you know the book when is it coming out when where can they find it how do they give you money <laughs> um you can find it starting february you can pre-order it now 
It is everywhere from your independent books, local bookstore through to Amazon. Um, you can go to IndieBound.com, which will help you find your local bookstore. Um, Amazon, you'll find it Kindle and paperback. Barnes & Noble, Walmart, um, all those places that you can find quality books online is where you'll find it. And um, anyone can email me anytime if they have questions or they want a book signed or anything like that. SarahHamillBooks at gmail.com. Um, well, let's see. I think we've covered a, a great deal. Uh, you know, I, I'm always surprised to, uh, to learn new things from my fancy friends. Uh, so this, this episode was no different. Thank you, Sarah and Marion, for joining. Uh, yeah, unless you have anything else, I, I think we should sign off. Thank you, Jen. I love your podcast. I'm a big fan. Well, <laughs> you and <laughs> two, two viewers. Uh, but yes, thank you, Marion. Thank you, Sarah. I appreciate it. Uh, all right, everybody. Until next time, adios. Thanks. Thank you, Marion. It was so good to see you. You too.